0: Hey everybody, this is your host of About to Review, that guy named John, and I'm joined by... Steve. Or this guy named Steve, as he is sometimes called. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot my own name. Yeah, fair enough. So, there's a great podcast that happens to have a Patreon
1: page. Oh yeah, I've never heard of it. What are you talking about? Yeah, so
0: it is patreon.com slash about to review. About to review. About to review what? About to review everything. Ah. So, if you want to go on there, pitch in a dollar, help out the studio, keep the lights on, that would be fantastic.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I think I'll do, I'm going to do that right now. Perfect. And apparently, you were burrowing and not key typing. <laughs> oh yeah! All right, where's my keyboard? Yep. Thanks, yeah, everybody. we am going right now. Bye.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of About to Review. I'm your host, that guy named John, and I am joined because it is a video game episode. I am joined by this guy named Steve, who's got two thumbs. This guy. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so we actually are here at the 2017 Global Game Jam Seattle chapter. Yeah. Se- Seattle. Seattle Jam. Yeah. Seattle Jam. Uh, this is a 48-hour game
1: jam. Now, Steve, of what you know of a game jam, tell that to the people. Well, in the same way that a band would get a bunch of instrumentalists together mm-hmm. and not really have a plan. But they would just get together and jam on a particular tune or on a particular idea. In the same sense, we've gathered, well, not we, but they've (laughs) gathered... We (laughs) had nothing to do with this. The amazing Uh, organizers like Tim
0: and Alex did, but (laughs) go
1: ahead. They've gathered artists, programmers, audio people, Mm -hmm. and their goal, their mission, is to create a brand new video game from scratch within 48 hours. So... This is, in a way, similar to what you might see with a 48-hour film festival, Mm -hmm. or I just saw a 48-hour, or actually it was two 24-hour plays. So so groups had 24 hours to put a play together. And, you know, a lot like improv, they give you some sort of theme, they give you some sort of direction so that you can't come up with something ahead of time. You've got to be able to attach it to the theme. And they just revealed the theme not too long ago, and Mm -hmm. it is... The theme of this year is... Waves. Waves.
0: Now, with waves, they actually had an audio component, they had a visual component, and they had a text component that just said waves. So, and from there, all of these teams have to base their game off of that. Yeah. And in showed, some way,
1: right? They showed a sine wave. They showed waves in nature. Mm-hmm. They showed a walrus waving. So, any way that you want to take it, you can take it that way. Maybe it's a color, you know, color wavelength of light. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's audio, of course, or maybe it is somebody waving. And so right now, I mean, I, I really can feel the energy in here because <laughs> mm-hmm. people are getting together into teams, and the clock is ticking. They have to figure out what they're going to do, Yeah, put it together within 48 hours, and make a video game from scratch. This is incredible. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, it is definitely. I mean, and you
0: made the comparison to the 48-hour, you know, film projects. You know, things like I covered... Locally, recently, I want to talk to Kirk Nordenstrom. Uh, they have one's like fifty hour slam, or does the same type of thing. You are given a theme mm-hmm. and then in forty eight hours or fifty hours in the in the sense of that fifty hour slam, that is it. You have to make the whole thing, and then with this, not only does it have to be done on Sunday right, you have to present it like it needs to be ready with forty eight hour film festivals. It is slightly different because you turn it in. Then it gets screened by a judging committee and so on. Mm-hmm. But with this, Sunday, like, so right now we're recording just a Friday evening. Mm-hmm. The About theme 8, is re- 8 p.m. Yeah. or so. The theme is revealed. The teams are broken up. Right. And then by Sunday, it needs to be done. This is
1: not a competition. True. This is an exhibition match. <laughs> no, I mean, really, yeah, there's, yeah. there's no judging. It's just True. creation for the sake of creation, which is exciting for me. Absolutely. So on this
0: episode, we're going to be Talking to a few different people. Uh, We're going to be talking to some people who are currently on a team making a game. We're going to talk to one of the organizers. We're going to talk to people who have had this experience at this game jam in Seattle and other ones all over the place. So, yeah, stay tuned for all of those things related to this global game jam here recording live in Seattle. You know what we need right now? Please tell me.
1: We need a little audio hit. That we put in between these interviews uh-huh. to let people know, all right, now we're talking to somebody else. And I'm gonna borrow from my favorite <laughs> PBS show uh-huh. as a child. Ah, oh, okay. So
0: it will be your job to find that clip, download it, and send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just did it. So we'll put that oh, in between oh, each right, one. No. Ready? So, okay, we'll do it
1: together. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright,
0: so I'm sitting down with our first guest which I am now scooting a lot closer because it is loud in here. So, returning to the podcast, I have Tim Cullings. Welcome back.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me again. Great to be here.
0: So, if you remember, dear listeners, uh, Tim was one of the organizers of SIX, the Seattle Indie Expo, and he is also one of the organizers here at the Global
3: Game Jam. Now, what do you call this, the Seattle chapter, Seattle division? Uh, This is the Seattle Indies site for Global Game Jam. Uh, There's another Seattle site up at the Pacific Science Center that the uh, AIE is hosting, but this is the Seattle Indies site. Nice. What is the AIE? Academy of Interactive Entertainment. They're a school for uh, game design. That's up at the Armory in the Seattle Center. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so tell the people. Steve and I kind of fumbled through the intro,
0: uh, explaining the Game Jam, because this is our first time. So since you have been organizing this,
3: Tell us about it. So Global Game Jam, uh, as you can tell by the name, happens all over the world. It's a truly global event. Uh, We're hosting one of 702 Global Game Jam sites (laughs) in close to 200 countries this year. Uh, It starts in, I think, New Zealand is the first site that started uh, yesterday, probably our time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we're toward the tail end of the sites picking up here, and Hawaii is the last one that comes on. And I think by now, everybody's up and running. Sheesh. Now, in one of the keynote addresses of the slideshow, I saw
0: that there was something like 40,000 participants across the globe.
3: Uh, something close to that, yeah. I don't know the exact number, but it, last year it was about 36,000, and I think this year it's close to 40. Sheesh. It's the single largest uh, like, game development event in the world uh, that happens over uh, these 48 hours.
1: Hmm. And why do you like being involved? What is it about this that really uh, excites you
3: uh i just like to see the whole creative process happen in like a 48 hour span from people who walk in maybe not knowing the people here not knowing what they're going to make not knowing even what the theme is you right know, that's a big surprise then you have to come up with an idea on the spot and execute on that and make it playable or at least try to make it playable in the 48 hours that you're here and yeah that's that's the main reason we do it and Part of our goal as Seattle Indies is to provide you know venues like this for people to be able to come out and create. Absolutely.
0: So, in your time doing this, have you actually participated
3: in the jam, or have you been an organizer? Uh, I've only been an organizer. Um, it's tough to participate and organize at the same time. Right. I can imagine <laughs> maintain all the logistics. My my jam is kind of running the jam, so. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I mean, again, with a forty eight hour jam
0: like this, you are just as busy, you know, as everyone else because. Everyone needs to be fed, which you provided pizza, which, of course, you get a bunch of gamers, you get a bunch of developers in one room, pizza is always going to be a big hit. Yeah, it's kind
3: of a cliche, but it works. (laughs) Right.
0: It gets them motivated and fueled for this insanity that is going to happen over the next 48 hours. Right. Now, what are some things that you would like to see out of this year that
3: would be different from years past? Uh, Well, this year we had two sponsors. We were fortunate enough to find... Uh, financial local financial company Voya Financial, as well as a local law firm IME Law, who represents uh, entertainment-related. Uh, they're kind of like an agency for interactive entertainment uh, creators in this area. Uh, as far as what I'd like to see, uh, just the whole spirit of Global Game Jam is collaboration, and uh, that's kind of what our main goal is to just get a bunch of people that maybe don't know each other in this space for 48 hours and collaborate and create new bonds and maybe even create a game like uh jen sandercock did last year that went on to win awards at indycade so mm-hmm. i mean those are lofty goals to live up to and i don't expect everybody to do that but it'd be pretty awesome if it could happen again
1: nice yeah i mean your sponsors are really with an eye to the possibility of turning it into a commercial product one day some yeah. of them maybe. yeah maybe i mean who knows where it'll go
3: right it sky's the limit for uh, however high people want to go with it or I mean it could just it could be just a thing they do here and never think about it again but Mm -hmm. or it could be something that creates a whole new company you know a good enough idea that they want to keep going on it and try to make something out of it there's been plenty of games uh, made at Global Game Jam that have gone on to be commercial successes so
0: the main website for this whole thing is globalgamejam.org okay so Uh, if people want to get involved they can either donate to kind of help fund this thing and keep it
3: moving forward they can, you know, find a local event to actually participate in it, right? Yeah, or they can uh, volunteer to help organize an event like uh, we have here. Um, yeah, it's just a, an event that encourages participation and collaboration in uh, locations all over the world. That maybe, you know, here in Seattle, we're lucky to have a thriving games industry and Absolutely. game development community and. Uh, Other parts of the world aren't so lucky, and this is an event that kind of brings that to them and brings that to light and maybe brings new people into the game development community. Excellent. I am really interested to see (laughs) what
0: happens over the next 48 hours and yeah, just to see what type of creations people come up with. Because like you said, some of these teams are strangers. Some of these people just came tonight being like, hey, I can do X. Can somebody do Y? and then they just kind of have to work together, collaborate, and try and find that middle ground to create
3: something. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, we're looking forward to it too. I can't wait to see uh, the finished product on Sunday. Fantastic. Thanks so much. And then if people want to follow you
0: or kind of catch up with you, how can people find you?
3: Uh, You can follow our Twitter at SeattleIndies. We'll be streaming on uh, SeattleIndies.org on Twitch. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be featured on the Global Game Jam uh, main Twitch channel from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. And they can follow us there. Uh, you can also follow, find us on Facebook, uh, Seattle Indies. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining the show again, Tim. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All
0: right, so we are now sitting down with one of the keynote speakers. Uh, Jen Sandercock uh, who has been participating in this game jam for a while, correct?
2: Yes, yes, I've been jamming since, oh gosh, when was my first jam? Like 2010, I think, maybe? Really? Maybe No, 20, yeah, 2020, 2010, I want to say 2010.
0: Okay, so uh, tell the listeners, uh, a little bit about yourself and kind of what you talked about in your in your address
2: um, so i 'm a game designer, but I also program and I can do producery stuff I guess i 'm like a quintessential indie because I can do a bunch of things mm-hmm. um, a
0: lot of hats
2: many, many, many hats. Um, and so I guess in my talk, I was talking about um, thinking outside the box. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think I'm that qualified to do that, but then maybe nobody's <laughs> qualified to do that. Um, I guess uh, at these game jams, a lot of people tend to really do digital games. And I love, uh, like I like making digital games, but I also like non-digital games or mixing digital and non-digital games. So I mm-hmm. guess I was trying to get people to think about a bunch of other things that one can do. And I was telling the tale about the game I made um, Um, at last year's Game Jam right here in this space.
0: Yeah, so I definitely wanted to mention that because Jen is somebody who started, maybe not started here at the Indies Workshop, but your game kind of premiered here at the Indies Workshop that then you refined and you went on to do more and more things. So definitely tell people that story because it was really cool
2: to watch it. Like I like to make edible games where Mm -hmm. uh, one of the core mechanics is eating the pieces. So it's not uh, just playing with food. It's actually eating the food does something interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And so last year I wanted to, for the game jam, I wanted to make an edible game. And so with the theme of ritual I came up with the uh, game called um, The Order of the Oven Mitt where you basically had to perform these series of quite silly uh, rituals in front of other people, you know, have a bit of a laugh and you were eating uh, these pieces and as you ate the pieces it changed the how the board looked um, and you were sort of uh, you didn't have to compete with other people, but you were somewhat competing for the um, the high quality candies. Like some people like Reese's Pieces. Um, mm-hmm. Some people have peanut allergies, and so they don't want them. Yep, <laughs> so, probably not a good you know? idea. Uh, and and so yeah, so I test I tested the game here at Indie's Workshop, and then I um, went on to bake it again and again at a number of different uh, events and I I didn't, I mean it got refined a little bit but it wasn't (laughs) drastically different every time I baked it it was slightly different depending on which candies I had available and stuff Um, but yeah I submitted to IndieCade um, and I got to then go down to IndieCade and show it to a packed festival of people, I had to bake enough food for like three days worth of people coming and eating it constantly Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah and I won the Interaction Award at IndyK, which was really, really exciting.
0: <laughs> that definitely sounds awesome. Now, when you talk about baking, I want people to be clear, you actually mean baking. Yes. Like you are actually making food for people to consume now, does that kind of go into the realm of the kind of augmented reality type of video game where there's, an, there's a video game component, but also a real world type of situation?
2: Well, it's not so augmented reality. It's actual reality, I guess. Cause, I cause deny it's... that that <laughs> exists. <laughs> oh, It's not augmented because there's no sort of digital component to it. There's no overlay to it. But yeah. When I was a
1: kid growing up and we'd play board games, if you took your hand off the piece, then you were committed to it. But with your game... You eat the piece, then you're you're really committed. Yes. There's no way you can ever get it back. You've made no. your move. No,
2: well, I mean, there's certainly uh, you have as certain sanitary issues with it. Uh. So you have to make sure people are <laughs> using hand sanitizer all the time because you're you're like kind of putting your hands all over other people's pieces which isn't necessarily great but turns out most people don't actually care about that sort of thing they're like oh a little bit of germs (laughs) she'll be right yeah
1: tough it out do you expect there to be any uh board games or physical games uh made here have you have you heard of any yet or are Uh, these all going to be video games i think think
2: they're going to be mostly video games i'm working with someone else uh this year and we're both we're working on an edible game together um hopefully Mm -hmm. so but yeah i think most other people will do digital games Mm -hmm.
1: Now, you've truly done a global game jam because you're originally from Australia, yes. right? And you've done game jams in Melbourne and Austra- or in and, uh, Sydney? Sydney, yeah. How is the approach different? Is there any difference in the approach between how they do it in the States and how they do it in Australia?
2: Um, I, don't, I don't think... Uh I don't think the game jams themselves are that different. I mean, some of it's just um, the different organizers for different years and the different spaces um, and the different sizes of the game jams as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I guess some places, they have a lot more emphasis on um, people not knowing each other beforehand and more group formation Mm. um, and other places that's, just more something that happens organically and stuff. Um, So I don't think it's been that different to me. I mean, Australia and the US are somewhat quite similar countries Mm -hmm. in many respects, so I wouldn't have imagined there would be many big differences anyways. Okay.
0: Very nice. One of the things you touched on in your presentation is something that I heard many times from various people as they're going into this. Keep it short, keep it simple, Do not worry about the commercial success. Just get it done. So in your experience, is that something you had to learn or is it something that just kind of you knew kind of going into it?
2: Um, I guess I've always like the keeping it small and simple, you know, I've always known that it's just realizing what small and simple really means. Like when you first try to do this sort of thing, you're like, oh, sure, I'll just do these five things. That's pretty small and simple mm-hmm. compared to like you know commercial games where you've got to have a million things. And so five things seems like not very much, but five things is actually a, a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, I try to just, or I mean, I'm, I really like gameplay mechanics, so I always come back to what's the core gameplay mechanic, Um, And if I'm trying to add in new features, I go, well, how does that help the gameplay mechanic? Or is this just some superficial other thing? Do I really need this? Can I get across or test whether this core gameplay mechanic works without that item?
1: At 3 p.m. on Sunday, when this is over, what will be your measure of, I was successful, I did what I set out to do, how will you know if you achieve what you were setting out to achieve?
2: Um, What's your goal? My goal is to make people laugh and for my game to feel like a game rather than a toy. To actually feel like it's got some amount of strategy, thought, challenge to it, Um, but generally I want people as they're playing to be laughing and if they're not laughing and giggling like (laughs) two-year-olds then I'm Mm -hmm. probably not particularly interested.
1: (laughs) What's Not that I know if
2: two-year-olds giggle like that, but anyway. I'll put you
1: on the spot a little bit. What's a game you've played recently that's made you laugh a lot? Have you, have you been playing anything recently that uh, yeah. has been maybe an inspiration for you this weekend?
2: Oh, I was just thinking of the last time I was giggling a lot, which was last weekend when I went with a bunch of other indie game developers uh, tubing at the snow. Oh, and yeah. I yeah. giggled a lot there, but that wasn't actually a game. <laughs> um,
1: There's waves on the hills there. <laughs> you know, you go up over the tube. Yeah, it yeah. is. totally is. It
2: yeah, I don't know. Uh, takes quite a lot for me to giggle these days. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: So you need to create the game <laughs> to make yourself giggle. That's right. Yeah,
2: Actually, that is probably true. So the last uh, edible game prototype I was trying, that was probably the last time I laughed a lot, where you were like throwing uh, pieces of candy at like, cookies with icing on them and trying to make your stick to it (laughs) and it didn't work like the icing was too solid so stuff was bouncing off and it was just flying everywhere that was fun (laughs)
0: nice very cool well thank you for for being on here i definitely am looking forward to seeing what you end up with on sunday (laughs) seeing what type of edible game seeing how hilarious it is going to be because (laughs) i'm sure it will be
2: (laughs) you have so much confidence in me (laughs) I, i do yeah
0: well, you have a lot of experience.
1: You, you have been global. <laughs>
2: experience doesn't mean anything, really, at the end of the day, you know? Because it's, it's
1: brand new when you're starting. Yeah, yeah.
2: sometimes it just doesn't work. <laughs> Excellent.
0: And where can people follow you on social media, kind of keep up with the games that you are working on or the games that you have already put out?
2: Um, mostly I'm on Twitter at Jen Zandercock. So at Jen Zandercock, one word. It's a long word.
0: I like to keep it easy, though. Brand Synergy. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you for being on. <laughs> All
2: right. Back thank to you. work now. Back to work. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun.
0: All right. Next into the amazing recording studio in the back of the room. Uh, joining the podcast is my friend Tap, who is here with uh, a team that he has assembled that has actually worked on a couple other games before, right?
4: Two of them were uh, co-workers of mine um, years ago. Uh, our fourth member is our friend who went to school with them, and uh, we all did Global Game Jam last year, uh, as all three, it was the, all three of their first game, uh, game jam. Mm-hmm. I've done about four or five game jams at this point, so I kind of introduced them to it, um, and this year we just, of course, decided to do it again. We have a new member, uh, David, who's joining us this year. Uh, we are the Sticky Biscuits. The that Sticky That is our team, team name. <laughs> But our uh, team names f- a thing? What? Team names are totally a thing. Oh, okay. Um, I missed that. I don't know if everyone else thinks it's a oh, thing, but okay. they are See? totally <laughs> a thing. They should be a thing. Well, mm-hmm. you, ha- you, can, you can name your team on the website. Okay. Um, gotcha. You can make groups and you can make games. Um, and so...
1: It promotes morale. and Absolutely. You
4: know, we're a team now. It was now. a tradition. Yeah. I mean, I, I started jamming in college, so it was a tradition at our college. Um, the Global Game Jam we did uh, every year at school. Um, and even though the the Global Game Gym company, not for profit itself, doesn't mm-hmm. uh, make it a competition, our school made it a little competition, and so we had team names, and we kind of like uh, the professors would kind of grade us, and we just get this really gaudy, terrible baseball trophy that my one <laughs> professor like would put together, the ugliest thing he could find. He like was very proud of it, but
0: nice, like the total thrift store combination Absolutely. of three different trophies. Yeah.
4: But but yeah, it was great. Um, and Wait, yeah, do, we're, you, uh, do you
0: own one of those? Did you ever get it?
4: Yeah, we won. I won my first year, I think.
0: Nice. What's your expertise?
4: I am a designer um, is most how I describe myself, Um, which basically means I I, I kind of like an idea person, and I figure out all the numbers and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, All four of us, other than David, are designers by trade Mm -hmm. in the game industry. So that's all of our job descriptions if we have a job in the industry. we all know some sort of programming. Marshall and I are most advanced in programming. Nina's going to be doing mostly art for us, 3D modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, we ha- we all have a smattering of 3D and 2D art skills. So like we're we're like you know the, the basic indie team. You we say a
0: smattering. Of... So Tap is a friend of mine. I've known Tap for years. You have two degrees in art. When you say like ah a smattering well, of some art skills, <laughs> like
4: art is big. There's a lot when it <laughs> comes to art. But I yeah I know I know enough to. Uh, get my ideas across. That's kind of what it takes sometimes, especially for like a game jam, you know, just like enough, I guess since I've done like about five of these, I'm like Mm -hmm. an expert of being, you know, having a broad skill base. I'm not really a master of anything, but I have enough to hopefully get the job done in 48 hours.
1: Right. You said you've done a number of these. What keeps you coming back?
4: Um, they're all completely unique. The themes are always different. I've always done it with a different team. Um, like, this year we're, we're the same team, but we have a new member, and you just learn so much, and uh, with life, so much gets in the way of your creative pursuits. The The beauty of a game jam is that it's 48 hours over a weekend, and almost everyone can find time for that, and you would be amazed the fire it lights under your ass, like, mm-hmm. the just like, it's so inspiring. Even if you come out with like this like, like crappy thing that didn't quite come together, just the process of, di- of distilling your passion into 48 hours just really gets people back into why they love to do things. And so, I, I don't know, I just always love it. It's just like, re- it's reinvigorating. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Excellent. So, basically, a couple questions that I'm going to ask you today, Friday evening, that then we will come back to you <laughs> on Sunday. And catch up on with
4: the much less sanity intact.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, with possibly sleep deprived, jacked possibly. up on. Well, okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Definitely sleep deprived. Sleep deprived, caught, hopped up on caffeine. First question: <laughs> What part of the process are you in right now?
2: Well,
4: we just finished our um, brainstorming. Um, we. Last year, we took a little longer in the brainstorming. It looks like we took a little longer than other teams on the brainstorming this year as well. but we were really attached to two different ideas, and we decided that one, although seemed a little less unique in the grand scheme of things, it really fit our team really well, and we just kind of defined our core. so uh, everyone else uh, is getting started right now while I'm talking with you, and um, we're going to just hit the ground running. Things are going to change, but that's where we are right now. Nice. Just starting to sit down in front of the computers.
0: Now, with the brainstorming session, you used a different technique that actually one of the videos addressed, one Mm -hmm. of the keynote things addressed. So, talk about the technique that you guys used to kind of formulate your brainstorming session.
4: I bring a whiteboard every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a great way to put down ideas, and it kind of. uh, And it does
0: have the sticky biscuits logo on it? It does have our logo on it. I will take a picture of it and put it on Uh, social media.
4: And it has a couple bullet points uh it's great because just like everything in the game jam uh, you can put a lot of ideas and you can erase them right away and they can just you can start over from scratch and it's 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 great for forming ideas uh we also do sticky notes mm-hmm. um comes from a lot of it's inspired by the scrum process which is a uh a software development process, and that a lot of us know here because we're software developers, we're game developers. Those of us who
0: have no idea what that is, give it to us in thirty seconds.
4: So Scrum or like Agile, it's a way of forming ideas in which uh, you write a bunch of tasks. You boil the things you need to do down to the very basic uh, actionable items. Okay. You put, you devote a, a single sticky note to each actionable item, so that, and then you create columns of needs, doing, doing, or done. And you, um, everyone takes the sticky note, writes their name on it, or like that's you. You take you can physically take your item so that everyone knows the progress of of things as they go through. And um, I think just sticky notes are a great way to have ideas. They're small. You can get your idea around, down. You can move them around easily. So we did that with our our concept process, where we all wrote a bunch of ideas. We voted on those ideas, eliminated a group based on those votes. We then went to the top votes and the second uh, top votes. Uh, explained them, combined a few together. Mm -hmm. We came out with two ideas that were similar in theme but completely different in execution. And we wobbled between those for a while until we went with what we're probably going to do now. And at this
1: point, what does the game look like?
4: Uh, So, (laughs) What's the plan? The plan is um, this year's theme is Wave. Um, A lot of our ideas kind of went with um, emotions and, like, emotional waves and social waves and how we affect others and I guess kinda the idea of cause and effect so our game we're thinking is gonna be top-down you're gonna go on a date so you you come into this kinda bizarre open-air market you have to find your date and you bring them around to all these attractions in this area and um, they have a sound wave color spectrum-esque like demeanor about them, mm-hmm. like this this bubble around them that affects their emotional state and hmm. how they they like the date, and so you're bringing them to different things, uh, to different people and performers and shops around, and those places give off their own uh, sound wave color bubble that affects their emotional state, and you're trying to have a good date with this person.
0: Nice. So, give us one small and one large goal for this weekend for the. 48 hour global game jam
4: well my small goal is a big goal for some people and I hope it's a small <laughs> goal this time which mm-hmm. is that I just want to finish Okay. Um, I just want our game to be playable I want, it, I want us to be able to start it up people can sit down we can explain it to them and they can play it from start to finish that's, that's always what I want now with jams because that's what's really important is being able to finish something Makes sense. So that's my small goal. My big goal would be that we discover something new in this system um, and we get something really interesting, get some really interesting uh, interactions in our, our game and with these like weird bubbles that we can explore and when some other people sit down, um, they feel something. That was something we kind of talked about was that this this game has more feeling in it. Mm-hmm. And so I think we want to... like. Have, some, have people feel something when they sit down and play our game. So that would be the bigger goal.
1: Did you have any aha moments in your brainstorming session where you said, yes, this is the one that really speaks to me and this is something that maybe hasn't been done before?
4: Well, it's, it's kind of funny because um, the, between the two ideas we were going with, the other idea, um, we had the idea and we had just discussed it, and then someone else in the uh, the jam area had the same idea that basically and they, they announced it when people were pitching which was the idea of like you're walking down the street and you see someone you know and you're waving at them and you want to not be awkward mm-hmm. and that really resonated with us because it's like hilarious we, we were going to do like this weird co-op thing in which like four people controlled one human being trying to not be an, an awkward turtle uh-huh. mm-hmm. on the street um, but we felt that it, was, it didn't fit our skill set and uh, the other idea um, with the date originally came uh, jeff uh... Proposed it where it was about taking a loved one who is having emo- was undergoing emotional trauma in their life and trying to uh, get them through that by mm-hmm. taking them out mm-hmm. and we in the end we decided like a date is a a different way of seeing that and it gives us a little more granularity we might go back to the more serious note, or we might build on this idea um, and we just we we felt like it fit the theme it felt our skill set and it had enough of that that heart of how we as people affect each other through waves and through emotion and that was like our that was our or I guess our core theme this year mm-hmm. which is well kind of what we did last year too in some ways which is interesting
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. nice i'm guessing over the next 24 48 hours you're gonna have lots of waves of emotions yes yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm sure um, i mean the social dynamic within the team itself must be part of the challenge right
4: uh yeah absolutely um i was talking to the group earlier about how this was the first thing we all really did outside of work that that kind of pushed us past just work friends mm-hmm. um, was to lock ourselves in a building for 48 hours and make a <laughs> video game. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> that uh, really affected Crash who we Crash course are, and friendship. Absolutely. <laughs> that affected who we are and that affected our bond as a team. Um, and I think there's definitely a lot of, you learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot about your own capabilities and you also learn a lot about working with people and compromising and like hopeful, hopefully you all just have fun. And you realize that it's just about everyone having fun and everyone learning. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, yeah, I think we're we're really looking forward to it.
0: Nice. Now, what were your first impressions? I know we only have you for a little bit longer because you have to get to work (laughs) because you are slacking. What were your first impressions of the theme since you have done this before? This theme was presented, you told me, in a different way.
4: Yeah. um, So in the past, all of the themes that I have uh, scene have been either images or words. Um, so I've done Global Game Jam and I've done one Ludum Dare, which is just a different, um, very is the most well-known mm-hmm. game jam, um, which is always just word themes. Hmm. My first game jam was a picture of a snake eating its tail. Uh, it was just a picture of that, which is the the, the sign of the Ouroboros, mm-hmm. but Ouroboros was not a, the theme. It was just the right. picture. Uh, the next year, it was a quote from an author. Um, I believe it was, uh, the world isn't how you see it, you are how the world sees you, something along those lines. Okay. Um, so that was very difficult. I had to take that the way you wanted. Um, I had friends that one of the years I missed, it was just the sound of a heartbeat. There was no visuals or words to go with it. Hmm. This year, we had it started with video and sound of the the, the ocean and the beach and it went through sound waves, it went through space, and then ultimately they also gave us the word wave. And so they've kind of bombarded us with all these different ways to mm-hmm. see it, which in one way is great because it gives us this open book, but in another <laughs> way they already kind of showed us everything, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's going to be interesting how people decide to take that. Um, this time around, and I kind of wonder what made them make the decision this this time around and i 'm really interested to see all the games that come out of it
0: nice last question. what are you most excited about
4: uh, i'm most excited about playing the games i 'm most excited about playing my game even because God it never ends up how you think it will <laughs> uh-huh. right and um, yeah i'm just i'm i'm really excited to be on the other end of this because mm-hmm. I, I will admit this kind of snuck up on me a little bit, and mm-hmm. I, I know in twelve hours I'm gonna be <laughs> a little miserable mm-hmm. and also still excited. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward to just just the presentation and playing everyone's games. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Excellent, cool. Well, thanks, Tap. Uh, you have to get to work. So mm-hmm. we appreciate you being on the show, and we'll catch back up with you on Sunday.
4: Absolutely. Cool. Enjoy.
0: Da da da. Jen, Sandra welcome back <laughs> on the episode that you were just on for the listeners just a few minutes ago. But for us, it has been 48 hours since we last spoke about the Global Game Jam here in Seattle. How are you feeling right now?
2: Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah, I do a pretty mild kind of jam. I don't like uh, lose too much sleep. In fact, I got extra sleep this weekend.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay. Now, is that something that you honed after years of experience doing this or... Is this just something that kind of naturally happened?
2: Uh, Probably both. Like, I know the very first game jam I actively went in, I told my team I'm going to be getting sleep. I don't work well without sleep. I will go crazy and, you know, do bad things to you if I don't get sleep. So Mm -hmm. you want me to have sleep? And then I guess I just always go into a game jam knowing how many hours I'm going to get, which is going to be a lot less than 48 hours. But I'm like, well, that's okay. That's the allocated time I have. It's just smaller.
0: Nice. Yeah, I talked to one of the members of a team, and he slept for 15 minutes this whole weekend. And when he woke up, his team was like, man, that was only 15 minutes. He was like, I thought it was two hours. And it was just like, no. But hey, if your body and mind thinks it has been two hours, and you can wake up more refreshed. But it sounds like you changed that, and you got plenty of sleep.
2: Yes, plenty of sleep.
0: (laughs) Excellent. So one of the questions that that I want to ask you, and I'll ask a couple of the other teams that we talked to on Friday. What part of the process are you in right now?
2: Oh, well, I'm, I'm done. I'm just chilling. <laughs> I'm looking at what everyone else has done mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, working on other stuff <laughs> that I've got to get going on.
0: <laughs> Very good. Now, how much time did you have left before this? Like, you got enough mm-hmm. sleep? Did you power through and still have a few hours before the cutoff?
2: Yeah, easily. So... Um, I guess like Friday night we had some ideas mm-hmm. and we knew we wanted to do something with jelly but we or jello, I guess, as it's called here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, um, we then needed to actually make some jelly and then wait. And so we couldn't do anything more Friday night. So we went home pretty early. And then um, Saturday I went to the Women's March. So I got in here late mm-hmm. after the Women's March. Um, and then we just played around with jelly, found something that worked. And then by seven o'clock we were having dinner and we had our game. And then, so today, all it was was taking photos, prepping Mm -hmm. it, and, yeah, and putting it up on the Game Jam (laughs) site.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. And that, so like we talked about on Friday, your game is the only one, well, there is one other game that we're actually right next to, if the Mm -hmm. listeners can hear them in the background, that has a a real physical component to it. Your game is pans of jello, or jelly, as as you say, Uh, (laughs) pans of jello with Is it like a jawbreaker on top? What is it? Okay. And then there are hidden pieces in the jello, which are
2: Gummy Bears. Gummy bears. Yeah, we, we did have a bit of a disaster where we put some Uh-oh. gummy bears in when the liquid was too hot. And so we came back this morning and there were no more gummy bears. It was just mm-hmm. like this colored little ooze in that area. So lesson learned, don't put gummy bears in hot Jello.
0: Right. All of us have learned that lesson in our life at some point. So it just took you the Global Game Jam 2017. Well,
2: I think I knew it before. It's just it was forgotten in the long distant past. <laughs>
0: fair, fair enough. So your game is done. Which yes. It, has to be a great feeling. I know that a lot of the teams that kind of I have been seeing, at least, they have a playable game, but they're not quite sure if it is, you know, really done with yours. Done.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's partly the beauty of, like, a non-digital game. There's only so much you can kind of do. And, mm-hmm. like, writing up the instructions so other people can play the game for, on the Global, Global Game Jam website, it's like, uh, is that everything? we like... Yeah, I guess it's it's a game like a, you know a five year old could play and have a ton of fun playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so explain to the listeners who are not here because I have I luckily have had a chance to play this game. So explain to the listeners you actually have like two games. It looks like oh. you have the jelly game and then a different game. So tell the people about what games you created this weekend.
2: Oh, well, so the other game was actually a game idea I'd had previously. I just hadn't had a chance to play test it. So okay. that was the game that's called and Stick, where you're throwing um, pieces of uh, chocolate, uh, cookies, and the initial way I had it, I had, like, uh, icing or frosting on top, but mm-hmm. the pieces were bouncing off it. So I had to mod it and, ch- and try with peanut butter, and that's what I was testing out this weekend. And it turns out peanut butter's really sticky, so yes. that's a winner.
0: Excellent. So you have two products out of this weekend that that are successful, that are completed games.
2: Yes. Yes. And I got lots of sleep. So, yeah.
0: And... It sounds like you just, you won everything this weekend. (laughs) Not just one game, but two completed games, plenty of sleep. Well,
2: I won my own personal goals, right? For somebody who was (laughs) wanting to say, learn about like 3D animation, this would have been a total failure for them. Mm -hmm. But my goals were to, you know, come up with some games. I think I told you I wanted games that made people giggle. People were giggling. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's gamey. There's actual challenge to the game. So done.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you, Jen Centercock, for giving us this wrap up. Uh, one last question: Did you have any kind of aha moments this weekend? Was there something that really kind of grabbed you this weekend, different in years past?
2: Um, not so much. I think we spent a long time trying to like refine the game or try different things, uh, trying to work out w- what were the fun ways to play with Jello. Like mm-hmm. we decided that we really wanted to go with jelly as our medium and. Um, and in the end, you know, I think I might have wanted a slightly stronger game, but it's it, like to go with the theme of waves. It felt like we had to do jelly, and that's somewhat mm-hmm. I don't know. I and mean, we, you know, we had to have eating in it. Like there was a bunch of games you can play where you're just playing with the food, but you don't need to eat it at all. But yeah, I'm this to-
0: when you win, when you get the jawbreaker onto the piece of jello with the gummy bear, you have that satisfaction. Not only you beat that level, you get to eat jello.
2: And then, then it makes it harder for the next person because they've got a hole mm-hmm. that they're going to fall into.
0: Absolutely. Well, cool. I definitely will put up some pictures on social media of the game so people can check it out. And then speaking of social media, so your team name that I wrote down here was Janina. Yes. So it is you and Nina. your gaming partner, Nina. So, yeah, do what is your Twitter handle? And if you know Nina's... Give yep. her a shout-out also.
2: Uh, so my Twitter handle is Jen mm-hmm. uh or one word, and Nina's is Nina C. Park.
0: Nina C. Park. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And the team name is Janina. The game is J-Wobbler. So look for it on the Global Game Jam website, right? They, they kind of lay out all of them.
2: Yep, yep. You can search for it there.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks for taking the time, Jen.
2: Thanks. <laughs> <Da-da-da>. <laughs>
0: all right. So back on the couch in the studio is Tap. It has now been 48 hours later. <laughs>
4: Yay. How
0: are you feeling?
4: <laughs> um more together than I would have expected. Really? Somehow I yeah, I feel more energized. Uh, maybe I don't know, it went maybe a little bit more smoothly than I expected. Okay. Uh We we did
0: it. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so it's done. I was going to get to that so the one, one of my first questions that we had the first time you we were in here uh, was what part of the process are you in right now? What part of the process are you in right now, Tab? We're done. We just presented
4: um, which isn't something that uh, all Game Jam uh, especially Global Game Jam any Game Jam people do. Um, uh, the lovely people at the Indie Workshop here we, we finished at 6. Everything was up to the website which is all you have to do for Global Game Jam and then we all uh, had dinner, mm-hmm. sat down, and anyone who wanted to got to present their games. Some people got their hands on it, uh, gave it a try. We got to see what everyone made. Super inspiring. Uh, so many different ways to think of the theme, which was Wave.
1: Um, yeah, it was just great. Nice. Describe the final project. If if someone was watching it up on the screen, what would they see? Yeah, yeah. Uh, How did it turn out?
4: Yeah, uh uh-huh uh it turned out really well um, we ended up making an entire um, outdoor like uh st- street market um we all modeled it we modeled it completely from scratch we had about six different uh players i mean not players uh characters that were modeled rigged animated um, it was a dating game so you had your partner who followed the main character around uh, you went around t- in three areas, which were red, yellow, and uh, blue. And as the, as your, your character, you could do actions that represented red, yellow, and blue, which was kind of like red was like a bit of an angry gesture. Blue was just kind of like calmly describing things, and yellow was like jumping, like this excited <laughs> excitement, uh, right. gesture. And you, the idea was that you would take your excitement of yellow and take the calmness of blue at the bar and you would make a green sort of emotion. Yeah. And you use this to woo your date as you went through this nice outdoor marketplace.
1: Keeping them in an emotional center. Yes, yes. So
4: they, they're trying to veer, veer out on this sort of color wheel bullseye. Um, and they're, they're, as they're as they you know it's like a Tinder date you know y'all haven't seen each other before <laughs> right. so their their imagination's going in all sorts of d- directions they don't want to be too bored too excited too angry and so you're trying to keep them centered by uh, keeping things interesting yeah. and well balanced
1: on day one you must have had a bit of a vision of how it would turn out how closely did it meet that vision um so surprisingly well and oh, yeah. close. Because um, it might be different, but it turned out better.
4: Yes, it's true. Okay. Uh, I I think I think when I uh, when, we, when we all discussed it, um, somehow for whatever reason, I kind of became the the main designer this time around, um, which I don't usually do. I am a designer, and it's one of my main passions. And I was doing more of that that thought process. Uh, when, so when we did first discussed the idea, I was like, this would probably work best in an outdoor bazaar just because that's what we can model. Mm-hmm. And someone's going to follow you. It's going to be third person. And you're going to talk to people. And we went from there. And that's exactly what happened. And all we did was define those details. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was the details that was the challenge. But it very much fit my original vision of what we were trying to accomplish. And... All of the little pieces we managed to get in there, and the, like it, it was just—it's just amazing. I'm—I'm I'm still amazed by what we accomplished. It's <laughs> you can—you
1: awesome. can tell there's so much design experience just by looking at the screen. I mean, yeah, beautiful, I, I beautiful. That, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. One uh, so when we were talking earlier, and asked you what your small goal and your large goal was. Your small goal. Congratulations, you finished because it did, was completing ready. the game.
4: <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You mean the past 48 hours uh, has kind of flown by and you're slightly sleep deprived mm-hmm. and you forgot what we talked about on Friday? Slightly Rude. Uh, <laughs> and then the large goal you had was you wanted to discover something different within the system. Kind of, you know, you wanted to have people feel something. Do you feel you accomplished that? Um,
4: I'm not sure, actually. I found myself while we were working on this game, uh, I think it was Saturday, this interesting thought in which a lot of my other projects, uh, Game Jam projects specifically, that is, you, you usually overscope them and you, you want them to be this grand thing and you end up not doing that, but you still end up inspired by the idea. This, this game was interesting because it came together so well huh. I, and it was already coming together so well. On Saturday I had myself wondering, like, is this a project, is there something more that right. I want to express through this, or are we going to be able to do it? And what what we did today, there is a little bit more that I would, I could turn this into a game, but I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure if there's more that I want to express with this idea specifically. Interesting. Um. We we realized the most full realization of any of my design. Uh, Concepts that I've ever had in my life. Like this was the most Mm. successful Mm. design experience I've had in my gaming career, which is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's hugely rewarding. And so, so yeah, I'm kind (laughs) of confused. I would, so I would say that was that that, that maybe I did accomplish that goal because that confusion is something new. I wasn't expecting that confusion of, uh, I might for the first time I might be done with the game jam game, at the last night of the game jam.
1: Hmm. Maybe your level of expertise has increased, and it just feels natural now. You know, it's like when you reach that level of mastery, you just sort of do what you do, and it and it comes out. Uh, I can
4: I can hope so. That's very <laughs> flattering. Um, our, my team, uh, we all just did an amazing job. We uh, we worked really well together. Yeah. Uh, our new addition, David, uh, just fit in like a, a perfect puzzle piece. Nice. Um, we uh, Like we, honey into a sticky biscuit. Like honey on a sticky biscuit, <laughs> absolutely. Um, he's our freshest, stickiest biscuit. We already told him <laughs> it, it doesn't wash off, so he's one of us now. Wow. <laughs> um, we, all, we, we all talked ourselves, actually, about how uh, we must be getting better. We hope we are. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not really sure what the magical formula was this time. Mm-hmm. We think that it was a bit of experience with scoping mixed with we, we made the decision early on to play to our strengths. We had one concept that was gonna be s- smaller in scope, but less in our wheelhouse. And this one was bigger in scope, but more of what we knew, and it, it worked out well. So obviously we are a bit more experienced in that early uh, decision-making process.
0: Nice. Speaking of scope, and then we'll let you you know, go because you kinda wanna sleep <laughs> or yeah. something. I'm, I'm sorry uh, if I'm rambling, my <laughs> brain is ooze. <laughs> we talked uh, earlier about kind of your process and all the post-it notes and all of those mm-hmm. one of those post-it notes said grandma mermaid mm-hmm. uh what was that idea that was and jeff's when did it <laughs> when did that go away
4: <laughs> so and and this this idea was jeff's idea so he has a lot of crazy awesome off the wall ideas uh grandma mermaid was very similar to this idea uh, if i'm remembering correctly um Grandma Weren't Mermaid and Grandma Mermaid. Your grandma is uh, basically going through dementia and believes she's a mermaid. Of course. And so, as therapy, you bring her to the ocean every day so that she can be close to the sea. And that was the, that was the concept. Nice. The concept was <laughs> you have to bring her to the ocean, but you have to. I'm sure you probably would have had to keep her from jumping into the sea because she thought she was a mermaid. And you're like, no, grandma, you're not a mermaid. Mm-hmm. But you had to give her the therapy of being close to the sea. And that was that idea. Yeah. And nice. we had. You both saw it probably like n- close to thirty ideas. Oh yeah, uh-huh. it was crazy. <laughs> and so, and we kept all of them. They're all in a bunch <laughs> of sticky notes that Jeff has. I said we should make a scrapbook.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, so, are you going to come back next year, or do you feel like Global Game Jam has given you everything that it can give you? I don't know.
4: This year, it snuck up on me, and I was, I was trepidatious, which I've never really been in the past. Mm. Um, what do you mean
1: it snuck up on you?
4: It just. I don't know. Timing wise. Timing wise. (laughs) I, I I knew it was, I knew what time it was and just the holidays came through Mm. and I didn't feel emotionally prepared for staying up for 48 (laughs) hours and, uh, uh, right after, you know, work on a Friday and going back into it the next uh, week. Um, but it was so positive this time that I feel like I, I I don't think I can ever stop coming back Mm -hmm. as long as there's a place to do it. And I I have a team to, to do it with. Mm -hmm. Um, Game jams are hopefully, yeah, going to be a, a a regular thing for the rest of my life. They're mm-hmm. they're just they're just amazing. They're just they're just so much fun.
0: Great, awesome.
1: Congratulations. Thank yeah, you. definitely. Thank congratulations.
0: You. Thinking of next year, if someone is listening to this podcast and is thrilled to get into game jamming, what would be your biggest piece of advice?
4: Um, my biggest piece of advice. Uh, especially for newbies, and this is actually what I I told my team last year was their first time um, uh, doing a game jam, Uh, you need to always define your goals. Uh, When you go into a game jam, define your goals both to yourself and to your team, especially if you don't know your team and you're coming into it new. Just be completely upfront. Ask those you're working with to do the same. Say what your personal goals are because game jams aren't about trying to make a viable product necessarily. They're about learning about yourself and about the process so if you're a programmer and you want to model if and your goal is to get better at modeling tell your team that and if mm. they don't even if they don't have like if, if if you're the best programmer but someone else can program and you don't want to program this time stick to your goals because nice that's what's going to reward you in the end
0: excellent great advice thank you tap for spending time with us uh i know you want to sleep and I, I would say well. eat, but actually you guys have been eating really well this whole we've been, weekend.
4: We've been treated very well this weekend. Absolutely.
0: Cool. Well, thanks again, Tap. And yeah, we look forward to seeing you next time. I will actually see you this week when we yeah. play Dungeons & Dragons.
4: Yep. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I hope, uh, I hope the listeners, you know, go do a game jam. Anyone can make a game. You don't have to have a computer. Uh, just go do it. Find some friends and learn something about yourself.
0: Perfect, cool. Thanks, Tap.
4: Yep. See ya. Da
0: da da.
1: -da. Okay. So, wow. John, I'm always (laughs) exhausted at the end of your podcast. You know, it's just like this has been a ride.
0: Yeah. Whether it is a one-hour podcast or something crazy (laughs) like this 48-hour global game jam here in Seattle, I got to hand it to these
1: guys. They came up with some good stuff in a short period of time. And, you know, the show and tell that they do at the end mm-hmm. here. Uh, really impressive what they're able to pull together. But I have to say, this takes me back a little bit to Mr. Rogers. Okay. Because <laughs> he would reach into this hole, and he would pull out a film canister, and he'd put it in. Oh. And I was always very excited because you got to see how something was made. Mm-hmm. Whether it was doilies or crayons yep. or an aquarium or whatever it was. And so at this event, you're able to see people coding, designing, yeah. making the art and uh, <laughs> at times i was a bit nervous for him, you know, it's like how is this all going to come together? Yeah. And uh, at the end it's it's impressive what they're able to do. It's definitely
0: impressive and
1: just kind of, you know, like
0: the old saying, like seeing how the sausage is made. Like you and i play video games. You know, you definitely play, you know, a lot of the smaller games, the indie games seeing this, like seeing the back end Mm -hmm. and just pages and pages on their computer Mm -hmm. of what looks like to us. It's just tiny text. All this tiny text. And they're just copying and
1: pasting and clicking between windows and I was like, I have no idea. And I talked to Tad's team a little bit about uh, GitHub. I've heard of GitHub, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly how it worked. And they went through this process of explaining you have to have a version controller. So with any kind of software or program or you know anything you're trying to make, you have version one, version two, mm-hmm. version three, etc. There's uh, you've got to have something that controls all those different versions and makes sure that they work together as best as possible. Yeah. And that's a part of it I didn't even think of. Uh, and th- and that's fascinating. But you're right. Anything movies or an al- a music album mm-hmm. or a A Painting. I mean, there's so much going on behind the scenes that you don't know until you spend time with the creator. And I just love that. Yeah, absolutely. And that program that you're talking about, it was described to us
0: basically Dropbox on steroids. Yeah. Because for collaborators like this, even though TAP's whole team and every or most every team was at the same table, they all need to be working on the same game at the same time, but doing different things. Right. So
1: that was that was just incredible, and you've got to make efficient use of everyone's time. Mm-hmm. The artist may not be able to work on a particular part because it's not ready yet. Yep. So you can have him or her work on a um, another aspect, but maybe that's not ready. You know, it, like the coding isn't ready for the part they're making art for, or they've got art for something that the code's not ready for yet. You know, and it's just it's unbelievable how it all comes together. But these guys are so talented. Yeah, man. Pretty awesome. And so I definitely,
0: before we get into some of the games that we saw, um, I wanna relate this again to similar type of festivals with film. So 48 hour film festival like we had here in Seattle. Uh, There's one in Eastern Washington called 50 hour slam. I highly, highly encourage people to not only attend these festivals, but try and get involved. You know, If it is something where you can volunteer for them or something where you can just kind of be a part of it to see What type of dedication it takes, what type of commitment it takes for that 48 hours, for that 50 hours to just do a thing. And something especially difficult with this, as opposed to a film festival, is something that I mentioned earlier, which is at the end of this 48 hours, they had a show and tell. All of the creators who were still here got to see some of the games that were being worked on, as opposed to a 48 hour film festival, you know, type of format where you have to wait, you know, usually a few weeks while they curate all of the things. But this, like, to be able to see mm-hmm. after 48 hours, oh, this is what that team was working on right behind me, was awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you mind if I je- uh, describe Jen's game? Jen, who we talked to yeah, earlier Go in the ahead. podcast. Uh, so, as you may remember, she won an award in a previous competition for making an edible game mm-hmm. where you ate the pieces. Well, this year she made another edible game, mm-hmm. and it involves Jello. or she's from Australia. She calls it Jelly. jelly. Yep. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So imagine a um, a medium pan of Jello, and within that pan there are gummy bears that are uh, embedded. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also put divots at regular yeah. in a grid interval. She put divots in the uh, in the Jello. Then she places a jawbreaker on top of the Jello. And the goal is within five seconds to wiggle the jello pan around. And mm-hmm. there are certain rules. You of can't course. lift it up too much. Uh, you can't let the jawbreaker hit the edge, that kind of thing. But uh, you're supposed to jiggle the jelly uh, for five seconds mm-hmm. and get it so that it lands in a divot above a gummy bear. If you are successful in doing that, you use a spoon and you dig that piece out and you eat the jello and the gummy bear. Uh, the next person. It makes it a little bit harder for the next person sure. because now there's there a hole. There are missing pieces on the board. Exactly. And if you fall into a hole, uh, your, your turn is over. Mm-hmm. And uh, simple, brilliant, challenging, tasty. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really clever. Yeah,
0: And let the record state, I won. Okay. Uh. <laughs> okay,
1: John. You're the master of Jell-O-Gummy right. Bear game.
0: <laughs> yeah, It was really cool to see multiple people do it yeah, yeah. because the board keeps changing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. There's, there's uh, a surprising amount of levels to such a simple game. Yeah. For sure. So moving from
0: that into the show-and-tell portion of the show. So we got to, I mean, Steve and I were here for quite a while, you know, uh-huh. over the past weekend, just kind of walking from table to table, seeing some of these games in the process, and then we saw the show-and-tell. What were some of your favorites, and we can kind of go back and forth, mm-hmm. that you saw during the show-and-tell that really stood out?
1: There are some that definitely got a a big reaction from the crowd. The Mm -hmm. one that was essentially Flappy Bird, but you're surfing. Yes. And that would be hard enough if you were just tapping a screen. But in this one, I think they were tapping into the fact that people have a lot of Wii balance boards in their homes (laughs) that are (laughs) gathering dust. My parents use their Wii balance board to to record their weight. (laughs) (laughs) You know, every morning or every evening, and then they turn it off. They did, they're not even bowling or wow. anything on their, on their Wii. But uh, anyway, uh, so instead of a Wii balance board, they had a piece of wood yeah, on a fulcrum. A big two-by-four. <laughs> yeah, and um, at the back of the piece of wood was an arcade button. So if the wood is touching the arcade button, your surfer goes up. And if it's not, your surfer goes down. So you had to uh, control the balance in real life mm-hmm. to make the surfer navigate through some obstacles and try and pick up uh, power-ups, I guess you could say, for yeah. lack of a better word. Uh, yeah, and, and definitely uh, as it was being demonstrated on the floor, not even in the official show-and-tell part, mm-hmm. but it drew a big crowd and people were just fascinated by it. Uh, another one I liked quite a bit was called Sound Tetris. These are all a bit hard mm-hmm. to describe. They I really, really encourage people <laughs> yeah, are. to go to the website yep. and download the games yourself because these are all open source. Mm-hmm. These are all You can see how they work. Uh, But let me see if I can describe it. So, uh, again, the theme was waves. Mm -hmm. And this designer uh, used sound sound effects Mm waveforms. And they come towards the center of the screen. And when they do, they adjust what exists there already. So, imagine a sine wave. And then coming from the top is sort of a, a maybe something that's a little bit of a sharper squiggle. Mm-hmm. And if you line it up, it changes the sine wave. Yeah, again, it's really hard to describe, yep. but it was really clever. And you're trying to uh, move the sound wave so that it keeps things nice and mellow, nice and smooth in the center. If you, go, if you make it too jaggy and it goes outside in, into the red area, it goes too loud, and mm-hmm. you've, you've lost. Super loud. Yeah, uh, really simple game, but super clever. And, um, and I'm going need- to download that one at home for sure, or play it on the web, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, so that I can hear uh, what we, in the the presentation, we couldn't quite hear the sound effects, but, um, yeah, fascinating. So those are the first two that come to mind. How about for you?
0: And with Flippy Board, the thing with that game... The surfing game. The surfing game, yeah, that was what it was called, Uh, and it was by Team Flippy Bird, Uh, Tom Hunt, also, you can find him at... Flippy Board. Flippy Board. What did I say, bird? I blame you. You put that in my head, like Inception. Uh, But, yeah, you can find that game uh, at Tom Hunt was one of the designers for that. That was a legitimate workout, like, for the few times, like, because it just, you have to balance, you have to go back and forth, so that was uh-huh. really cool. I saw you playing a VR game. What was that? So, yeah, the VR game, which, first of all, you have 48 hours. Doing a VR game in Vive or Oculus or whatever it is, is crazy ambitious. Uh, so, yeah, I got to play that. Um, that game was actually called WaveBot, and you played, like, a Bender-esque type of giant robot in a city, and you could pick up some uh, tanks. So hugely, hugely ambitious. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely like that. that. That is a game where seeing it, seeing it at Ground Zero, like I have the chance to play, I'm really excited to see what the next version is mm-hmm. and what the next iterations could be. Yeah. Because so far, the VR stuff that you and I have had a chance to play yeah. is, is pretty impressive. And I definitely want to give a shout-out, speaking of the Seattle Indies Workshop, Uh, the nest that we got to play at inverse studios that actually kind of
1: started here in the indies workshop. Yeah. So awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, As did Thimbleweed park. Oh, right. uh, A game I mentioned on the six and packs episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, Jen's working on it right now and she says it's going to be out uh, pretty darn soon. But yeah, that started at uh, this event as well. Very
0: cool. Uh, So to some of my favorites, uh, spectrum, Spectrum was really cool. Uh, the team name for them was Dadfish LLC. Makes sense. Of course. I mean, yeah, it makes total sense. And with that, you play a, a person who is climbing Mount Rainier, who got abducted by aliens, and you are in a ship, and your jacket changes color. So kind of in that wave form, you know, they, they want to take that. And so there are various puzzles that you have to go through, but your jacket has to be a certain color to be able to make it through that puzzle. So that was really cool with side scrolling, and yeah, it was just it was fun. It was unique. It was different. It had kind of that 8-bit to you know TD uh-huh. side scrolling vibe, uh-huh. but refined uh-huh. and just really sharp. Uh-huh. So that was oh yeah, and then part of it also you have to collect pieces of your brain, which are the different colors. Makes sense. So that was really cool. So big shout out to Deadfish LLC. Uh, One of my other ones, I mean, of course, Jay Wobbler was on there. Jen took some time and talked to us, which was fantastic. Uh, Splashy Frogs by... I liked this one. Splashy Frog Jam Squad. (laughs) Yeah. This was interesting. It was a mix of kind of Frogger and Bomberman. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. So it was a top-down viewpoint. There are maybe, how would we say, a dozen lily pads or 16 lily pads... Yeah, roughly, yeah. ...that you could, you know, kind of send a... You throw a coconut and then it creates spikes along a direct path. It is a two-player game, which is really unique because that was, I think, the only two-player game, at least that got done, that we were able to see for the Uh show-and-tell portion. So it was really cool. The graphics were really slick. It had that 8-bit charm to it, Yeah, and it was fun. You had different power-ups that you could do. You could uh, ground and pound and flip a lily pad over Mm -hmm. and have a different effect.
1: Yeah, kind of like uh, Othello where you have the black and the white tiles. Okay. You, know, you flip them back and forth. Oh, And that, right, right. And that I don't want to say traps, but in this game it did. If you flip the lily pad and it had spikes, they were trapped in an area. But then the other person could throw a coconut or do a ground pound and then uh, flip them back over. Mm-hmm. I could really see this being a, a game either on, um, I was going to say, uh, mobile or... Uh, iPhone, you know, iPhone or iPad. Steve
0: just picked up his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, this thing.
1: Yeah, but it would be difficult to do two players. I guess you'd have to do Bluetooth. So mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. on um, uh, uh, the next Nintendo system yeah. or on Amazon, they have, they have game support now. Or Steam, you know, you yeah. could hook up two controllers and play on the same screen. Uh, But I could see that having some real potential. The the thing that I really appreciated is they had different types of terrain within the uh, lily pad area. So you had boxes, which had unique properties. You could stand on them, and they would ride the waves, but they also sunk after four seconds. So Mm -hmm. you'd have to jump to the next one. And stones, which didn't get flipped, uh, but you were vulnerable to the, the wave coming over the top of it. The whole point of it, of course, is not to get hit by water. Of course. You're a frog. You should be yep. able to swim. But, <laughs> hey, that's the video game world. For sure. Yeah, I, I really uh, was impressed by that. Yeah.
0: Uh, and, of course, I mean, Taps Game, who we talked to earlier, it, was, it ended up being called Hue Me Baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, we talked to him about that. That game was really cool. But I think, and let me know if, if you agree, I think the best in show as far as crowd response and as far as energy was a game called Subverge. So this is a submarine game Uh that was incredible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. It reminded me of a game called FTL, Faster Than Light, where you have a uh, cross-section of a spaceship, and there's fires that break out in certain places, and there's aliens that board, and you have to manage your crew in such a way that they respond to Mm -hmm. the threats. So imagine if you've ever seen FTL, imagine that. And then what happens in this so one? So this, you are in a submarine. You have a crew of four. Three. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they said very specifically, do not select a fourth person. Right. So there must have been some game-breaking bug, which is yeah. kind of clever.
0: So a crew of three. And there are different levels to the submarine. Uh, the goal is eventually to get to the bottom of whatever, you know, trench you the are trench. in. Yeah. But as you do that random kind of angler fish and other things attack the submarine. They yeah. poke holes in it. And Everything
1: you do makes noise and that attracts yeah. oh, enemies. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So, of course, they that fits in with the waveform. Yeah. So, really cool game. I mean, as far as the, the mechanics of it, yeah. the ability to zoom in and out to see more of the submarine, the independent <laughs> players have a sanity meter. Yeah. And so, the closer they go down, if you want to go radio silent, you can, but that means your submarine is pitch black. Uh-huh. So people kind of start going. (laughs) They go, they go stir crazy. Yeah. So with that one, the crowd response was tremendous. Yeah.
1: Well, the present the presenter had a ton of energy. Oh, for sure. sure. And that that is a
0: big help. Yeah. Yeah. That is one that I am anxious to see where that goes, and you know, see it on the Global Game Jam website. mm Hmm. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, the one with the super long name. I won't even try it right now. (laughs) Oh wait, hold on. I think I wrote it down. Okay. Good. Uh, Shining Dragon Showdown at Sunset Against Shadows. <laughs> yeah, let me see if I can describe this one really quickly oh, good luck. because in this one the concept was you're controlling waves of enemies. So you're mm-hmm. the bad guy. And uh you send out a a, a minion essentially in a side scrolling world. It doesn't look any like anything that I can Well, it looks like kung fu from oh, NES yeah, yeah.
0: way back. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: uh And so he's running fast at the hero, and you have to hit the button at the right time and slam on the the space bar really fast. Mm -hmm. And if you're successful, you damage the hero's health bar. And then, you know, eventually you get enough enemies out there in these waves, and you take out the hero. So Mm -hmm. the challenge is uh, how efficiently can you hit the space bar and how fast can you hit it uh, so that it only takes uh, a few enemies to Mm -hmm. kill the hero. It's so clever to have it from a different angle and uh, the art was really trippy. The sound was interesting and uh, they had a lot of energy behind yeah. that one too. They did. So, yeah. uh,
0: the other crowd favorite for sure because of its style because of how beautiful, like absolutely gorgeous this game ended up being was Tidal Takedown. And Tidal Takedown is basically this aquatic version that of Katamari Damacy. That
1: was I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, aquatic Katamari Damacy that was gorgeous. I mean again 48 yeah. hours and they put together
1: a stunning game. Yeah, I can't believe I almost forgot about that one. That was yeah. my favorite. So, yeah, explain that one to the listeners. Okay. You are a wave in a bay. Mm-hmm. You're a wave with two little eyes. That was adorable, <laughs> yes. And you're, you're going around this, this bay, and you can see a city in the background. And you pick up these other waves, so you get bigger as you pick up more and more waves. And you're also trying to run into things in the bay and collect it, like mm-hmm. you said, like Katamari Damasi. Uh, so you pick up uh, buoys and sailboats <laughs> and as yeah surfers and as you get bigger you're able to get bigger and bigger ships and then at some point you're able to get a tanker mm-hmm. and then you go okay I'm big enough maybe the time's running out I don't know there was no timer on this one but the concept I'm sure mm-hmm. will evolve but anyway you gather up all this stuff and then you... Uh, kamikaze into the shore, <laughs> right? Because you're a wave. You're of course. sacrificing yourself now. Yeah. And if you're big enough, you cause a tidal wave, mm-hmm. which hits the city. Yeah, that's the concept, and it's pretty freaking far along. It's, yeah, like you said, it's beautiful. And uh, wow, that one I, I away. Yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. It looks
0: like a game that you could pick up right now. Yeah, I mean, it was it was that polished.
1: Yeah, and totally fit the theme and. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. I mean, it was it took a very literal approach, but in, in a way that just made sense. So, yeah, huge shout-out to them. Um, I forgot to write down the team name, but I will definitely find that out and put it on the blog post. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are some of our favorites, kind of the, the best in show. Overall, what were your impressions of the Global Game Jam
1: 2017 in Seattle? I can't wait to come back next year mm-hmm. and see what else they do. I think... Uh, next time I might stick around more and like see it at different stages. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, because we saw the very beginning in the conceptual stage, and we saw the very end where they really had something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it would really be fascinating to see some of the uh, intermediary sections. Sure. And then at the end you go, wow, that's, that's how that came out? You know, mm-hmm. I, d- I would never have recognized it Saturday at noon, and here it is Sunday at 6, and you have this incredible thing. So um, yeah, I'd love to come back and I don't have any programming skills. Mm-hmm. I have very few art skills, unless <laughs> video isn't art. Uh-huh. Uh, so far, your resume <laughs> is looking great if a team <laughs> is looking for you next year. But I'm a decent writer, I don't know. You can come to this and you don't have to have technical video game mm-hmm. skills, yeah. apparently. You can just be uh, a schmo with some, uh, some talent and some drive <laughs> and an ability to stay up late, mm-hmm. which uh, pretty much fits me to a T, what I just yeah, described. There you go. Uh, so I don't know, maybe I'll participate. Yeah, uh, that would that would be awesome. Yeah, drag my team down. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it would be fun. Yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, my impressions of this, like I said, I mean, I have I have been to film festivals before. I have covered film festivals before. Doing something like this is totally unique, totally different, and I was I was blown away by what people were, were able to come up with in this short period of time. Cannot wait to cover more events like this. This is not. The only jam that that happens, especially in the Seattle area where we have tons of developers, but the global game jam is something special happening all over the world at the same forty eight hours, fifty thousand participants in so many countries is incredible uh, at one point we saw in the keynote it showed some clips of various groups across the world and seeing the diversity there, mm-hmm. seeing that it, you might have an idea in your head of the type of gamer or the type of programmer seeing that so many people around the world from diverse backgrounds, diverse skill sets was phenomenal.
1: Yeah. You know, and if I'm in Antarctica this time next year, I might do an Antarctica game jam with uh, whoever's <laughs> on board at the time. And uh, hashtag and then humble we'll brag. We'll when I'm in Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> but then we'll bring it to a seventh continent because I think it's in six continents now, isn't it? Mm, I th- yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing it in Mercomurto Station or something, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Very Uh, cool. Uh, I don't know what more to say. I'm just, uh, gobstopped by everything Mm -hmm. here, yeah. what is funny is, Steve and
0: I are like, ugh, man, we are tired. Yeah. This is kind of exhausting. (laughs) Uh, shout out to every single person who has been doing this for 48 hours. Yeah. A huge shout out to Tim Cullings. Absolutely. Who organized this event. and was here for more than 48 hours because he had to be here setting things up like Tim Collins and the Seattle Indies project is just incredible. Constance Chan, Alex. I mean, yeah, they do incredible work. So I I have to thank them for this opportunity and for the opportunity, not just for us to cover it Mm -hmm. for them, creating this space of excitement of just, yeah, collaboration.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, fantastic. Thanks for uh, inviting me here and, Thanks to everybody here for sharing it with us.
0: Absolutely. And you have been listening to the About to Review podcast. You can find About to Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at About to Review. Uh, you can find it on yeah SoundCloud, iTunes, for sure. If you want to give a five-star review, that would be fantastic. Uh, but yeah,
1: you can find it all over the place. Steve, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at SteveBlog. You can find me on Instagram, at Stand Inside. I feel like I'm saying all my names right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a Magic Tavern reference. Everyone should be listening to that show. Very true. Uh, And you can go to my website and see some of my video work and other things that I've done at StandInsideMedia.com.
0: Fantastic. So, and the next episode uh, is going to be a road show. So In Vancouver, Canada. I will be covering the vancouver shorts film festival yeah so that should be awesome so your
1: podcast is international going international yeah
0: yeah so look forward to that and if you have any questions or comments about the show you can email those to about to review at gmail.com thanks steve for being a part of this crazy adventure thank you to all of the collaborators and everybody here so for that we will see you next time this has been an about to review production Thank you to Vexing Media, who provides audio editing services. They are a graphic design, website design, and digital media company. You can find them at their website, vexingmedia.com, or on Facebook and Twitter, at Vexing Media.